Nerds International proudly presents Hello and welcome to another show and you're listening to me, Pete Jones and the Dragons Are Real podcast. So I've been away for a little bit. Um, yeah, it works a little bit busy, but I've invested in some new equipment. So I've got myself a nice new microphone and a mixing desk. So hopefully I can improve the quality of the podcast. So let me know if you think this is better. Gaming wise, well, unfortunately, um, Cody Mazza's Sunday Barrowmaze game has had to be put on hiatus because Cody's had to work so that game has now gone hiatus for a short while um, so a bit disappointed about that but I can fully understand it but I have managed to get myself into another couple of games on the Sunday uh, so uh, on alternate Sundays I am playing in Jay's Worldwide Wrestling using uh, the PBTA system uh, that's Jay from the uh, Murder Hobo show and then on the alternate Sundays, I've wangled my way into Gary's drums in the Marsh campaign, which is using ICRPG and played on Tabletop Simulator. So thoroughly enjoying those two games. Complete, two completely different games, but uh, nice to mix it up. What else have been up to? Well, if you follow the channel, you know that I've got some YouTube videos up and I've been doing some YouTube videos on uh, different virtual tabletops. Uh, those have gone down really well and been, uh, got a few new subscribers out of that, so pleased. And I'm going to be adding some more videos there as well, so keep your eye out on that. And finally, I've invested in a new virtual tabletop. As you probably know, I've been using map tools for a while. Well, now I've got and invested in Foundry Virtual Tabletop. It's just under 50 quid, a one-time payment. It's a brand new virtual tabletop. Really enjoying it at the moment. I've, I've been fiddling around with it. Uh, the beauty of it is it's it's got a modern interface, um, but there's lots of plug-in modules and the modding community is huge. So there's... a uh, all these different functionality that can be imported into the game by using um, these modules. You can have 3D dice, uh, you can auto hit on bad guys and lots of other goodness. So I've been playing around with that. And I've also been building an ICRPG uh, interface for the simple world building system in there so I can play some ICRPG. Because the thing with uh, Foundry is that if you want to use it, you can't just use it out of the box, you have to Im uh, install a game system so if you're playing 5e for example you install the 5e game system and then you can play that um, the simple world building module uh, system is a bare bones uh, system so you can create your own um, uh, rpgs in it so that's what i've been using uh, and uh, creating me some nice um, ic rpg so let's get on to the main subject Desperados. What is Desperados? Well, Desperados is a new RPG game tie-in to a video game. 
The original Desperados video game came out in 2001. It was called Desperados Wanted Dead or Alive, and it was billed as a real-time tactics video game set in the Wild West. Well, on the 16th of June this year, THQ Nordic released Desperados 3, which is the first new title in the series since 2007. It's a prequel to Wanted Dead or Alive, and it was simultaneously released the PDF of the RPG with the video game, and the RPG is by Pegasus Spiel and written by Ian Lemke who used to work for White Wolf and Green Ronin, and he's done various products for those. So Desperados is called, is titled Desperados, a pen and paper role-playing game, and it's a free RPG, it's a free PDF on DriveThruRPG. Obviously, it's based on the video game franchise, and it says that this t- classic tabletop RPG aims to combine the best of both worlds. The challenging tactical encounters of D- Desperados 3 and the freedom of choice and immersion one can only achieve with pen and paper. It contains the rule book, the uh, a first adventure, some character sheets and some maps and tokens. So the background. So Desperados is set between the years of 1862 and 1889 and a good overview of the genre is given in the book. If you watch any of the old westerns or TV series then you understand the setting. It includes all the uh, tropes of those um, films and TV series. Longhorns, cowboys prospecting, the Pony Express, the railroad, Native Americans or as we used to call them Indians. The only difference to reality is that they've included voodoo in the setting, and this is mainly centred in the south around the New Orleans area. So what are the mechanics? It's a 3d6 system, and you, each time you're trying to do a task, you roll 3d6, and you're trying to equal or beat a difficulty number set by the Games Master. If you have a skill, then the linked attribute score may be added to the roll, and your linked attributes value from 1 to 6. The difficulty number is set by the GM and it ranges from a simple task which is 8 to 10, uh, moderate is 14 to 16 difficulty and scary is 23 plus. You also have a strength of nerve which is a pool uh, that you can draw from which is valued up to 6 and you can spend one from your strength of nerve to re-roll one dice. Depending on your results, you have three uh, levels of results. You have a failure when you fail to equal the difficulty number set by the GM. You have a success if you equal or greater than uh, roll than the target number. And you have a critical success. So you roll a success and at least two of your dice must have rolled the same number, a double. XP is, is done by milestones. And when the GM decides that you've reached a milestone, you get to do two things. You can raise one of your attributes one point only up to maximum of six, and you can get another skill, or if you're a voodoo priest, you can get another spell. Now combat. Combat is definitely trying to give a video game feel. Um, Your field of vision and tactical positioning are very key. If you don't sort those out, you are going to die very quickly. And there are two types of enemies that you will meet. Henchmen, which are one hit point affairs, and bosses, which have three hit points. And the bosses can only be targeted after all the henchmen are eliminated. The henchmen get in the way of the boss and protect him at all costs. Another change with uh, standard RPGs is that PCs always initiate combat. So, 
once you enter combat, you have some uh, key things that you need to watch out for. And the main one is fields of vision. Fields of vision is the main mechanic in the game. If you enter an enemy's field of vision, you are considered to have made an automatic failure and you take one point of damage if you are in sight of an enemy's vision and within range of one of their weapons. So anytime you move into the sight of an enemy, then you failed and you get hit. So cover is a big deal in this. If in combat you get a grand success, uh, the opponent cannot damage cause damage this turn. So if you can get in a shot early and damage one of your opponents, then they aren't going to cause any more damage to any of your allies that get in their way or that in their in their line of vision. The combat role is based on the difficulty number, and on success you deal one damage, or if you deal a grand success, then you roll on the grand success table. At the end of any combats, your strength of nerve is reset back to its original number. There's also some dueling rules. And basically, these are a little bit stripped down. You set a difficulty number as the game's master for the duel. Then each person in the duel decides how many rounds they're going to wait before they shoot. And they can shoot in round one up to round six. And the advantage of waiting another round is that it reduces the difficulty by one point. So in the second round, your difficulty is reduced by one. In the third round, by two. So you are more likely to succeed. The downside is that the enemy may shoot two before you in the previous round. Then you roll to test to see if you hit. Uh, grand successes are not counted in duels. And then you take damage. And if you're still standing on your round, then you can shoot. And then at the end of both shots, the two combatants can decide if they wish to continue the duel and have a new round, or they decide to end. So let's look at character creation. There are five steps to character creation, and character creation is very simple. The first step is you think of a background, think of the type of character you want to play. Next step is you've got 20 points to spend on your attributes, and there are six attributes, brawn, agility, metal, insight, wits, and resolve. Cost is one for one for buying them, and you must have a minimum of one in each of the attributes and a maximum of six. The third step is you select one of the five character templates, and each provides an attribute modifier and a couple of unique skills or abilities. There is Voodoo Priest, which may select two spells, a Mount Bank, which is a travelling salesperson, a Gambler, a Trapper, or a Gunslinger. So let's take the Gunslinger. If you choose the Gunslinger template, you add plus one to your agility and plus one to your resolve. Again, your, your attributes cannot go above six. Then their two new skills are distraction. In lieu of an attack in tactical combat, you may carry out a distraction. That means that the enemy can't auto-shoot you. And then you've got dual pistols. You may raise the difficulty level for your test by three points, but then you have the ability to fire both of your revolvers at the same time. And each of the templates has got two unique skills. The fourth point is you work out your drive values. Your hit points are equal to your metal score. Your strength of nerve is equal to your resolve score, and your dueling score is equal to your agility plus 10, and that will be the target number for the duel. Then you get to ch choose two skills, and you 
that in addition to the two you've already seen from your template and the skills you've got to choose from are athletics, arts, conceal, empathy, explosives, horsemanship, humanities, intimidate, mechanics, perception, science, survival, melee and ranged. And each of those is linked to one or more attributes. So if athletics applies, then you will add the linked attributes to your dice rolls. So what is voodoo? Well, voodoo uh, mechanically is like a ranged or melee attack. There are six spells and you roll to see if they are successful. And each of the spells has a uh, difficulty number. The spells are connect when you shoot a dart at two opponents and connect them. So if you injured, if your opponent, if your allies injured one of the connected targets, then the second target would get exactly the same result. You have got mind control, but you can take control of one henchman. You've got a black cat, which can be used for distraction or for guarding. You've got hands of healing, which is healing 1d6 hit points back to your friends or yourself. You've got a voodoo doll. When you can connect a person, a uh, henchman to a straw doll and use that straw doll for, for nefarious means. And you've got divination, which you can change the field of vision of three of your opponents so that they can't see you. Also in the set comes some checkout tokens. You've got some terrain, wood piles, haystacks and buildings and some counters. There are 14 different types of opponents that are listed in the free PDF. And these range from citizens, sheriff, Sioux warriors, outlaws, and your general troops from the game, or from the period. The opponents are split into three areas, their type, what they are, their difficulty level, and this is used for all roles. So, for example, a citizen might have a difficulty level of 12, and they use that 12 for everything they do. And then maybe they have some unique skills. So, for example, the sheriff will have lawmaking skills and these skills are unique to those types of characters. Also included in the PDF um, is a free adventure. And this free adventure is, is nice, gets you into the game. It's uh, very much of a trope. The pieces are on a train that is held up. Um, by Big Ann and the gang. There's a shootout, and then you go to the next town, you form a posse looking for Big Ann, and you do some, uh, some exploration. Uh, nicely set out, so yeah, that's a, a nice little adventure to get you started. So all in all, for free, I mean, you really can't um, complain. It's a bit different with the combat, in that you're always getting failure and you're taking auto damage. There is equipment in there, um, but it gives more of a flavour than anything else. It doesn't have any mechanical effects. So, yeah, I th I'm really impressed with this as a free PDF. If you like Desperados or you look like a bit of Wild West, then certainly check this out. And now we've got some call-ins. And the first one is from Conrad Kinch. Pete, uh, Conrad Kinch from Centry and Fourpence here. Great news there about uh, the Runehammer uh, virtual tabletop. Um, the the man is just like the Leonardo da Vinci of of uh, of role playing games. I'm I'm constantly surprised by his insight and uh, and thought, and it's uh, it, I, I I can't but believe that whatever he produces will be excellent. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thanks again. 
Thanks for that, Conrad. Yeah, um, I'm one of the ultimate uh, patrons for Runehammer. I'm just so impressed with his work. I feel it's the only patron I do, but I feel I throw him a few quid because his stuff is absolutely awesome. Uh, the latest with the Runehammer VTT is that it looks as if it's going to be released this year. Uh, it's been developed by um, user Kreber. Um, Kreber is currently uh, um, uh, changing countries. He's uh, emigrating, so there's been a slight delay. But uh, we're insured by the patrons are insured that Runehammer VTT will be happening later this year. So I really look forward to that one. So let's see who ups next. I think it's Jason. Hey Pete, Jason here. Congratulations on hooking up with the Nerds International crew. Great bunch of guys. I interacted with them a couple years ago on a number of different things. Always enjoyed those interactions. They're all class acts, so that's a great move on your part. As far as everyone goes, the great review, really appreciated it. I agree with you. The I, I had a preview copy of it at one point a couple years ago, back before it was published. And, um, yeah, they've added some complications. that probably don't need to be there, really. But as far as bonus and penalty dice go, they were always in Barbarians Lemuria, as well, at least they're in the legendary mythic versions. At with the boons and flaws. Now, maybe they've added, maybe this final set of rules adds them outside of boons and flaws, but Barbarians Lemuria proper does include bonus and penalty dice and, bar and yeah, boons and flaws. Take care. Yeah, thanks for that correction on the uh, advantage and disadvantage. You know what, I can't remember it in the legendary book, but I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it is there. Um, I don't think when I played um, the legendary, I played with it. As far as the Nerds International go, yeah, it's been a good boost for the channel. Uh, it means I've got a few more hits. And it also means I've got into a couple of games, as I said earlier. So, yeah, a great bunch of guys. And uh, really pleased to be part of the network and uh, taking part in that one. So, um, I think we've got Carl Rodriguez up next. Hi, Pete. Carl Rodriguez here from No Podcast Yet. Uh, thanks for the review on Blood and Snow. I really like ICRPG. And I think you've sold me on this product. I've been wanting to run like an Ice Age type game. I have purchased Worm and I have like some, well, there's like the DCC, uh, Frozen in Time. And then there is actually, I think in one of the strange aeons for Call of Cthulhu, there's a adventure where the characters play Neanderthal. So I've been trying to mulling around an Ice Age game and I may we'll try Blood and Snow and see how it stacks up or maybe use that rule set and uh, hack through the other products that I have. Thanks. Yeah, you really can't go wrong with uh, Blood and Snow uh, for Ice Age. I say it's a D20 system, so even if you don't run it as written, there's loads of ideas in there you can take out. And an Ice Age uh, setting without magic, it's a little bit different, isn't it? So it's nice to change it up a bit. So um, thank you for that from Carl from No Podcast. Maybe one day you will get a podcast. And uh, if you ever get a chance to jump in a game with Carl, I can highly recommend it. Great GM, run some great games, uh, man is prolific at running games. So thanks a lot, Carl. And our final call, it's that man, Jason, again. Hey, Pete, Jason here. Glad you're doing okay. Staying busy. Glad Map Tools working well for you. I see you change music on your show, but that's all good. Um, yeah, so that's about it. I don't know if I'll have a chance to catch your tweets or Twitters or YouTubes or any of that fancy stuff. That's all beyond me, but I, I will look out for new podcasts from you. So hang in there and take care.
thank you, Jason. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's strange uh, using all the map tools and the map tool videos, which have, have been really big hits on YouTube. And now I've switched to Foundry VTT. So a bit ironic there, really, isn't it? So, yeah, OK. Now there's a couple of Kickstarters that I'd like to tell you about, uh, maybe of interest to you. The first one is the Black Hack 2nd Edition Classic Monsters. They've taken all the monsters from the original BX rules and converted them over to the Black Hack. So if you're into Black Hack and want some more monsters, then have a look at that. It's uh, very reasonable. It's only £14 for a PDF and um, hard copy version. So um, that's quite cheap. And if you do want the uh, PDF only, it's only three quid. So check that one out on Kickstarter. Classic Monsters for the Black Hack. The next one was uh, pointed out to me by Eric Lamaru from the Wild Eye podcast, and it's called the Book of Dungeon Encounters, which can be encounter ideas for use with almost any fantasy RPG. It's by the prolific Philip Reed that uh, did work on Car Wars, and there's 100 encounters there, and you can pledge for as little as $1.00. A one pound, one dollar will get you a hundred adventures. Um, he's got some other rewards there for past um, ones he's done, so you can select those to get some more. But for one dollar for hundred encounters, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Another one that's come to my attention is Adventure Tales Dark Harrow Crypt, and these are two D two D terrain tiles for use with traditional and virtual RPGs. Um, for three dollars on three quid. With your English pounds, you can get some nice tiles here. There's 16 dwarven tomb tiles, and there's some more stretch goals to come. I mean, three quid for some VTT tiles. I mean, you can't complain of that. Or get them, at, uh, and you get a PDF to boot with that. And finally, we've got the Metallic Tome, a source book for OSR games. Uh, this is a heavy metal uh, book for um, your OSR games. If that is your jam, then check that one out. And I will leave links to the show notes for all of those. Um, as far as the Nerds International Network is going, um, the Murder Hobo Show on YouTube, he's put up a new episode with uh, Zoiva's Galleon. So he's got a 3D galleon there with pirates um, and skeletons. So check that out on the Murder Hobo Show on YouTube. And that's everything for this episode, and I'll see you all on the flip side. You've been listening to the Dragons Are Real podcast. For more information, check out our website at petejones.neocities.org, our blog at dragonsarealpodcast.tumblr.com, and we're also on YouTube. Thanks for listening.